Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, a podcast for diehard Cleveland Indians fans. Presented to you by WaitingForNextYear.com. Now, here are the hosts, Matt and Todd Derry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, special bonus episode of the Dairy Brothers Tribecast right here at WaitingForNextYear.com. Matt and Todd with you, brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry and also BreakingTea.com. No, we're not brought to you by American Fireworks, but... Uh... <laughs> or the Honeymoon Grill for that matter. <laughs> That fireworks want to get you in trouble. You don't want that. <laughs> but you're, 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 you heard the voice. We talked about it on, on Tuesday. Uh, special Friday guest and Friday episode. Andre Knott, uh, star. I don't want to call him sideline reporter, but, you know, game report, in-game reporter for the Indians on, on Valley Sports Cleveland, of course. WTAM, new podcast he's doing. He's going to tell us about. And uh, our friend uh, joins us today. Dre, thanks so much. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Um, usually, usually when we talk this time of the year, we're talking about playoff seeds and, and who we want to play in the playoffs. Not so much this year. So let's, <laughs> <laughs> what's this year been like? Because it's, uh, you know, we watch every night and even, even now, I mean, you know, the bats have struggled and everything else, but, uh, how weird has it been? And again, you get, you can't go on the road, which I think is total bullshit. Yeah. That is total bullshit. That is, that part has been difficult. And to be honest with you, Matt, you try to, like this weekend is great because the team's at home, so you don't get caught up in it. And you kind of, you know, I was talking to my camera guy a couple of days ago. And we were like, it's amazing how much work we get done when the team's at home. And then when the team's on the road, how we're just like in scramble mode almost, you know, because I mean, we've been zooming for a year and a half and God bless it for things like this is awesome. Um, but to do the job of covering a team, it's not awesome. And, and, and I think players have grown stale with it. You just don't have the same intimacy with a player or with a coach or a manager or anyone else. And it sucks. Um, but otherwise, other than that, the season actually, and, and this is, and trust me, I I've got great text messages with both of you guys during games. So <laughs> part of this, <laughs> um, it's, it, I think seasons and you guys know this seasons are about expectations. I didn't have really high expectations back in March. I didn't see this team like when going into the playoffs, um, I'm still frustrated by the lack of hitting and the lack of some of the questions that need to be answered, but I love the pitching staff and I love, I, I love, I think this is what I'll say. I love that we can walk away from the 2021 season and we have a pretty good idea that the Indians still are going to be one of the best pitching teams in baseball next year. And I think that matters for what they're trying to do. Yeah. And this is how they're going to build and they have been building for years and with the rotation. I mean, you, you pretty much know next year, who your five starters are all going to be. They're all under club control. And then you even have, you even know that Cody Morris is on the come and you got Eli Morgan who looked great. Who's probably going to be the odd man out. You just, 
if we've learned anything this year, it's that you need to have at least eight starting pitchers that you can count on because this year has been a complete shit show with all the injuries. But now we're looking up and, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, the, the steps that Quantrill and McKenzie have taken, and you're, you're hoping that you're going to get Savali and Bieber back healthy. And then you got those five guys locked in for next year. In typical Northeast Ohio fashion, as you guys will admit, the other night, I heard, you guys will understand, the other night I was locked, uh, San Diego was playing, and Snell had like got deep in a game. And like they ran one of those stats, like this is the deepest he's ever gotten to a baseball game. And I like text one of my buddies, and I was like, San Diego, maybe the dumbest freaking organization in baseball. <laughs> Seriously, because yep. they draft all these guys, they brag about all these guys, and and no, if I, look, I might look. There's a Mike Clevenger bobble next to where I'm at right now. The there pitching arm is off of it. But why <laughs> the hell would you trade this guy for Cal Quantrill? Like, do they not know their own people? Do they not know how to develop their own guys? Like, like, and this isn't to tear down the Padres. If anything, I guess I'm I'm propping up the Indians and what they're doing with pitching. Um, because Todd, I got to tell you, and you know, this, there was a time and probably like late April, early May, where we're going, who the hell is going to pitch the fifth game that, you know, who's going to pitch the, yeah. the sixth game, the depth had been pushed and, um, it's pretty cool to see what they've developed. Cause I like some of the names you brought up there in the minors. I'm trying not to get too caught up in minor league players this year right now. Um, and like, especially with the middle infielders and I'll admit there's like, <laughs> there's like a tug of war amongst guys I even work with about, how excited to be or not be about, you know, because we're all the same. Everybody's on it. You know, we're all like, hey, you see, what's his name? Went four for five last night. And I got to tell you guys, minor league baseball fucking sucks right now. And trying <laughs> oh, it's, to it's gauge, bad. I know. We got it's bad. trying to gauge that to where we're going is well, not the way to do it. Dre, we got so sucked in at the start of the year. And I'm, I'm as big, I'm as guilty as anybody. When Owen Miller was like hitting 600 yes. at Columbus and it's like, and Todd and I are on the air going, bring him up, bring him up, bring him up. Then he gets a little cold in Columbus, but then they had to bring him up with all the injuries. And then he comes up and to be quite honest, I'm underwhelmed by him at this level. He's yeah. still young enough that you, you haven't probably a too small of a sample size, but my gosh, when you Chang, Daniel Johnson, Owen Miller, all these guys are like stars in Columbus and then come up here and can't do it. It's uh, it, it's it eye-opening. It's, not, it's eye-opening. And and look, I have nothing against minor league ball. I don't. I, sure. I, I love going to minor league ball games. Um, I think there is something, and, and someone way smarter than the three of us will be able to put together, and I'm sure the Indians organization or the Milwaukee Brewers who are here this weekend, a smart organization will try to figure out what the last two years have been in minor league baseball. We didn't have it last season. And I know, and I get it. Fans don't want to hear that shit when we're doing a game, you know, at seven o'clock, but there's something and baseball has got to figure this out. Not, not us, but something has been lost in the steps. It used to be where if you could, if you could do what Owen Miller was doing at triple a 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like you, like you were a stud. Oh yeah, and and I'll admit his swing is is much better now than it was when they first called him up. And maybe Matt, they were five days late in calling him up. And maybe you steal some of that hotness he had down in Columbus. But he was overwhelmed. You know, you all the names you said have been overwhelmed. Chang has been better recently. Like, and I even made the comment to our producer last night. I was like, for as good as Chang has been for two weeks, he's still hitting two two seven. Like. You know what I mean? And like yes. at, the, at the end of the day now, and I'll, I'll say this, I love Arias and I watched him in spring training. He has the look, but 
and he's one of the youngest guys in 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 triple A. I think he's the future shortstop. But Ahmed Rosario, oh, oh, there's a nasty words I just said to the Dairy Boys. Rosario is Matt. I know. He's not a he's not a shortstop. He's not a shortstop. I Matt, I I don't disagree, <laughs> but. Oh, Big he's got to play. He's got to play. You yeah, can't I just give. You just can't give any. You can't just give anybody else the job, though. Yet, can you? Well, you know what the problem was. They wanted to give that job to Andres Jimenez, and last year when, when they when they made that trade for uh, for the, un, the redacted X shortstop, who we don't name on this podcast, Matt was most excited about Jimenez because he said this guy can pick it. He came up. He hit immediately. And he was not overwhelmed at age 21, 22 when he came up for the Mets. This year, he's looked completely lost up here. And I actually like that they sent him back and allowed him to catch his breath. He had that really good streak in Columbus where I think he hit a home run in seven straight games. But it just hasn't really computed. Now, with that said, he's 22. So are we just going to be like, oh, we're done with him? But I, I just, you know, shortstop is his natural position. But I'm also with you. I think Arias is the the shortstop of the future. And if it were up to me and Matt and I've talked about this many times all winter long, I am telling Ahmed, here's the outfielder's glove, go play and learn how to play left field. And maybe we make him most likely an everyday left fielder, but still one day he's in left one day he's at third one. So J or MKDH one day he's at second, you know, move him around. So so everybody gets a great teams have that now, right? Yeah. Great teams have that guy now. No. Yeah. Cause there's not many teams now. If you look up, it's not Edgar Martinez, you know, Nelson Cruz is still going, but he's 40 something. You know, that the DH position is not locked into the guy who can't play the field anymore. Yeah. And DeMarlo Hill has made a good point to me. Tito won't step on it and touch it, but he's, and I'll tell you guys, he's like, I really like Fran Mill Reyes. He goes, I don't want Fran Mill Reyes to weigh 300 pounds. And at 28, 29, think that he's going to DH the rest of his life. Yep. We have to make him think that he's going to have an outfield glove and use it twice a week. He goes, he may not, but I got to keep, and Fran Mills admitted to me, he's like, I need to lose a couple more pounds. And, but they don't want, they, what you're saying is what they want. They don't want to make the DH just Fran Mill. You're going to do that 160 games in 20. They want him to think at least you're going to go to the outfield. We're going to use other guys. Um, I, I guess the only reason I brought that up is we've all made the mistake of um, cause like, all right, Jimenez, I think he's going to be all right player. But why does he have to swing for home? Like his like his swing gets so big sometimes. Oh, it's yeah. like yeah. I know. dude, you're five, ten, a hundred. Like, and it's not, and I'm I shouldn't pinpoint him because it's most of baseball. But that's the most frustrating thing I have going with baseball right now. Like when um arise from Minnesota. Oh yeah. He comes to the plate two days ago, three days ago, and Tristan McKenzie is sitting, you know, four feet from me. And I'm like, and I go, Tristan, this dude is a pest. And Tristan turns around and looks at me and goes, I would rather go against all the home run and hitting guys 100% of the time over dealing with that guy. He goes, because of how he handles the bat, he's a pain in the ass. Oh, he really is. And he's I'm a, like, he's, he's a great Matt, player. He, he's a great, I love watching him hit. I, love, I, I, don't, I don't watch a lot of guys batting practice because a lot of guys are just, you know, it's a show off. It's like, you know, yeah. but that guy, man, it's like an artist. Like literally I saw him with Gordon two days ago during BP and Gordon, who's grown up in the game, a former top, you know, you, you guys know all the stuff about him and Gordon is sitting there like a little kid eyes wide open because the rise is like, I'm going to shoot it over the third baseman's head and drop it here. Like he's like a tennis player, just dropping it. 
going oppo the whole time. He knows what he's doing. He's keeping his hands inside. That's the guy pitchers are, are, are just don't want to see. But 90% of our players right now want to try to hit the ball 450 feet. It's un, it's so unnerving. Oh, you know, I will say this. There's one guy and this will segue and there's one guy on the Indians that, that has been added to the roster who I think is like that arise type hitter. And that is Miles Straw. Since yeah. he's come over, I love his approach to the plate. He, he, he works every count, you know, for years, whenever we would play the Yankees in the playoffs in the last, you know, five, six, seven years, or even in the series against them, they just work our starting pitchers. Every count is deep. Yeah. And there's not many guys on our roster that seem to do that, but straw has really been that, uh, you know, that guy. What do you think about him so far? I love him so far because he understands himself. And I think that's just the most simple thing. And I try to, he gets it. He says, I'm not going to hit home runs. I think he came up in the, in, in Houston's and I'm not a Houston organization fan, but I think he came up and he looked around and he realized he was not going to hit like those other guys. And they let him kind of develop. As you said, he lets the ball get deep. Um, if it's a curveball, he's not trying to, he's not trying to, he just serves it the other way. I think he had a single yesterday. We just serves the ball the other way. He takes what he gets going forward. I'm excited about the starting pitching, but I'm excited because as a center, I mean, how many times have we texted about the, our outfield defense this year? <laughs> well, it's, oh, at least it's gotten better. Yeah, it, it's been oh, between quiet lately, thank God. Yeah, well, but and he's been a big, and and he's been a big part of it, though. Right. Yeah. He's been a big part of kind of settling everyone else in a little bit. I mean, you remember we go, go back to like May and early June when Harold was playing center and Naylor wasn't right. And anytime there'd be a ball be, hit between oh. them, they looked like they were going to crash into each other. I mean, that we all were holding our breath. And imagine being yeah. a pitcher. Like, we're, fan, we're fans. We're watching. Imagine being a pitcher and you're busting your balls out there. And the ball goes up in the air and you're like, I think ah. somebody's going to catch it. <laughs> and like, literally, that's what we went through for two and a half months. Yep. Yep. Andre Knott, of course, uh, Indians field reporter for Bally Sports Detroit, does all the uh, interviews with the players after the games, uh, does a great job, and kind of this year has had to be almost the third man in the booth at times. Uh, also hosting now a, a podcast called Brownstown, which we're going to get into. All right, Andre, all of these guys are all kind of grouped together. So, you know, like everybody's yeah. saying, and I think Terry Pluto wrote this, and Todd and I have set up this on the, on the show. All right, Miles Straw next year, center field. Left field and right field. Who's going to be there? And and for forty man roster uh, freaks and geeks, yeah. who's going to be off? Do you think? Like me, yeah, yeah. I think the forty man, and I and, and you got to be deep into it to get it. I think the forty man thing is 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 key. Um, they're going to try to find a dance partner, and, and this is we you know in trade. Usually we do trade deadline stuff during NBA season or whatever else. You got to have a dance partner, and you know like all right, the Brewers are in town this weekend, Matt. Right? Yeah. I kind of like how the I like I'll, I'll say this I like how the Brewers do go about their business I, I I just do. Is there someone on their roster that you can look at and say, will this guy you know be a stud for three years that you'll have control? And do they need what we have down in the in the in the in the minor league system? I don't know their minor I don't know their minor league system very well right now. They've got to make a trade though and get rid of some of these guys and I, and look they're going to give up a couple of players that are going to look, there's going to be a guy or two, two years from now, three years from now, we're going to go shit. They, why the Indians let him go. That's, that's part of this deal, right? That's just how it works. Um, but they've got to figure out, um, they got to figure out the right guys. I think they're, I think they're back to a 90, 95 win team next year. Now that might be partly because I'm half awake, 
and I've drank two cups of coffee already today, but I really think that they're, I think they're on the verge, but they got to make the right moves. I know everybody was big on Zimmer a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I like Bradley. He hasn't done enough for me to say he's your right fielder. I think he's a fourth outfielder until he proves. He has not proven that he can hit great pitching yet. Um, He can run. And his health, you just haven't seen him play enough. So to me, Miles Straw's your center fielder and in a perfect world, perfect world, they go get a right fielder and a left fielder that's established. But let me ask you guys this. Todd, you've got great seats. You you have seats. You're there every day. And I'm being serious. I'm and I'll be there serious. tonight, by the way. <laughs> I, all right, honestly. If they sign Michael Conforto to a, you know, three-year deal, I don't want to put money on it. How sexy is that to you? How sexy is that to the people that sit around you? I'm curious. I don't know. Well, here, it's 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 an upgrade, and it's a name play, a, a somewhat name player. But I, I I don't know if our fan base would be very excited. Like, listen, if they decided to all of a sudden spend the money, I think people would be like, wow, they're really going for it. They're spending money. That's great. So I don't know if it would matter who it would be. I'll take Michael Conforto in right field all day long. Oh my I god! Think oh, yeah. You guys, you guys, awesome. you guys are cracked. Awesome. You guys are, you guys are cracking me up because, as Todd knows, <laughs> in my NL only fantasy league, I had to bench this man twice oh, this tell summer. Him, tell him who you benched him for this week. And oh yeah, no, last week I last week I'm I'm like in second place and doing great, and I had a uh, and I got teams on my heels with two regular season weeks to go, and I benched Conforto for Tyler Naquin. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. God bless Tyler. Tyler, God bless he was the it. player of the week the week before, so I wrote him, and then he did nothing. And Conforto actually showed up. And Michael Conforto, yeah. if you if you ask Met fans, like, and Andre's yeah. right, the Indians seem to love, love making it. deals with the Reds and the Padres, and they they pick these teams and, and deal with them all yeah. the time. But like, if the Indians call the smart. Mets back. Yeah, Conforto, the, the Mets are going to let Conforto walk. It's a great example by Andre because he plays right field, but he's been a disappointment. His OPS right. is actually right around 700, the same as Zimmer's. Same as Zimmer. But, I know, I know. Yeah. But, you know, Zach Meisel and I are having this conversation. He wrote that great article, him and Lloyd, that's out about what they're trying to do to progress the field. And I don't want to steal his thunder so because I'll admit part of this is from him. And it's like, okay. They're going to do all this stuff at progressive field. And look, I love our ball. We got one of the best ballparks in baseball. And that's, yeah. that's it. That's the God honest yep. truth. But they know that they have to, they've got to update it and keep it going. They can put eight corners into the progressive field. That's not going to make you buy more tickets. And he kind of compared it to when they got Tito to come over and then they went out and got Swisher and they went out and, and born. Now, like I said, Todd, you know this. There's a season ticket holder that's going to be a season ticket holder because that's what they do. And then there's certain people that are only going to come if you if you give them something to buy into, right? Yep. And some people bought into Swisher's coming home. He's doing the 08. Now, Swisher was a pain <laughs> in the ass in a jacket. But it sold tickets, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, you're so right. I guess, so I guess what I'm coming back to is who, and I'm you guys are Northeast Ohioans. You guys know how this city works. Who can they sign that will make people go, okay, the Indians are serious? Even though signing someone doesn't mean you're serious or not serious, in my opinion. You, you want to know who, here, you want to know the answer is? Francisco who? Lindor. <laughs> I knew you were no, going to say not, that. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm not kidding. Okay. But I'm, Todd, saying, I'm okay. saying that kind of level of known commodity all-star player. 
Matt wants Nick Castellanos. Castellanos, I think, would be great. He's gonna. I think would be great. I would love it, but I, I would love it. I just don't see it happening. No, I don't see I mean, any of this happening. I think this conversation is a total fucking pipe dream. But, <laughs> but that's the type of, no, but, 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 but seriously, that's the type of player that's going to bring people back. You were totally right about Swisher and Borden. Matt and I talked about this on the last podcast. I don't care if it didn't work at the time. It was 100% the right move. You had Tito. You were trying to, it, you were just coming off the Manny Act era where apathy right. was at its all-time high and the play and the team was at a low and you had to do something. And so they overpaid, but who cares? It sold tickets. It got people back reinvested and it gave them some juice. And Tito, obviously being right. a, the manager that he was, we immediately, you know, that, that, that season, the 2013 season was great. Can we, you know, can, what can scares we get with Merrifield, put him in right field. I would love, I would love that. Matt, I would love that. And here, I got to say this on what Todd said, because Todd, you're, you're dead on, but here's my issue. And this, and this is the ebb and flow of making a team work. Cause I'm going to ask you about the Detroit Tigers in a minute, Matt. Um, the, unnamed, the unnamed team. <laughs> That's what we call yes. them on this podcast. The unnamed oh, my team. bad, my bad, my bad. Sorry. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> it's the redacted right, me... shortstop and the unnamed team. <laughs> <laughs> I love the rules of, of the scene. All right. Um, the Indians didn't take off though until they got rid of Bourne and Swisher. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Like Todd, yeah. you're not wrong. They needed that per se, but they didn't take off until because because Swisher was not good in the clubhouse and Bourne was a great dude, but just didn't have anything left. But that's what it took to get the rest. You know, what? like make sense of that, Matt. Like makes like like that's my problem because I get what you're saying. Now Castellanos would be awesome. Conforto yeah. to me would be what we already got. Yeah. It's just, it's a matter of fit and it's a matter of your right. I mean, you know, Nick, Nick left, uh, well, I mean, Detroit for some odd reason, the unnamed team uh, treated him like crap at the end yeah. and they were rebuilding and they, and they got cheap and didn't want to pay him. He signed, he leaves Dave meter to go with Boris and it's like, right. uh Oh, yeah. And, and, and so the, 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 they, they knew what they were doing and uh, it was a bad move because now they feel like they're moving up and uh, making moves and they could totally use a guy like that. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think that okay, uh, I just don't, you, I'm, I'm sure the hope was Andre that one of these guys, I mean, Harold, uh, uh, big Harold, as your buddy calls him, yes. um, <laughs> uh, Mercado, Daniel, John, any of them, Zimmer. Right. And it's like, who, who's but they're all receiving? the same. They're all they're the all, same. Har- Harold might be a little bit different, but they're all the same. They're all fine. You know what I mean? Like Zimmer, we talk about Zimmer as Matt and I did at the beginning of the year. I couldn't believe they were going back to him. I was like, again with this guy, like how much more do we need to see? But I do think that there's value, but his value was as a fourth or fifth outfielder. Yeah, but you can't playing have, twice a week or late in the defensive replacement. You can't have five number four outfielders. Right. Eventually we have He's to have a stud every out day. There. You got to have a, well, here's, and here's my issue. And I've said this gently to guys that work around that would do this. How can the St. Louis Cardinals produce outfielders out the oh, zoo? I know. How and I can go through a couple other organizations that just keep pushing out outfielders that can hit, run, play. We haven't done that since Manny Ramirez. It's crazy. Yeah. Or no, Grady. It, or Grady. Or, okay, great. But but okay. he yeah. I can go with, I can go with but he but he but he wasn't developed. I mean, he was traded here. Though. Yeah, Not he like, was right. developed. Look at the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but you guys but, know but what I mean. Yeah, yeah, right? sure, sure. Like it's awesome. 
what they're doing with pitching. And I, I'm not belittling that. I will not. And hey, the Brewers are right there with what they're doing. They got three, they got like five of the filthiest guys pitching in baseball. Yep. This weekend could be we'll we'll get to yeah, we're seeing their top day. three. It's gonna be it could be ugly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't have You're to... the one that's coming. Yeah. But my yeah, point we, is we, if you we, can we start... do that, they have to go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna no, say we, we gotta find a way to develop five innings. That's all. We went yeah, we went twenty five innings without scoring against the you know, John Gant. Three unnamed players, John Gant and Joe Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Wait till you get to see Hauser, Woodruff, and Burns this weekend. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hopefully they're under three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That was the only good thing about the other night. It was two and a half hours. Right, right. I was like, you were probably home by dark. nine. Your kids yeah, I was like, it's not dark yet. This is sweet. <laughs> we could go We could go all day on this. Two, two, two more things. One, we want to okay. talk about your okay. podcast, but number one. Uh, Quantrill last night versus Sano. That was awesome. Cal Quantrill is a love I love him. this man. I want a jersey. I named my uh, uh, fantasy football team the ambassador of Quan, uh, oh, ambassador of Quantrill. I like, like yeah. it. I love the guy. Like, what a cool ass dude. He just, I love that Absolutely. he went at Sano last night. Like, fuck him. Right. And, and how about Austin Hedges? Get in the box. What are you going to do about uh, it? Yeah, dude? it was great. It was beautiful. I love, I think I'm glad this season happened because, you know, in spring training, and this tells you how much any of us know, we watched Kyle Quantrill start a game and he couldn't get out of like the third inning, Matt. And it was one of those days where, you know, it was like 90 degrees. It was just one of those days where it was like, come on, man, throw strikes. We don't want to sit out here in this. And I remember Rick Manning and I went back and forth and Rick was like, dude, he goes, I think he's going to be a great reliever. I just think he's a little short, you know? And like, he was like, I just think he doesn't have that next pitch. And throughout most of the season, half first half of the season, it was like he's good, but there's something not there. Um, I think growing up in a baseball family with a dad like he did obviously helps. But I think coming to the Indians, and he's kind of admitted this that they didn't put him in a box. They were like, you know, because I, I remember Carl Willis during spring training was like, I think I got him doing too much, you know, because he was trying to like he was trying to throw four pitches like all the other right. pitchers. And finally, Carl towards the end of spring training was like, What do you do best? And he was like, I throw a sinker and I throw a slider. And he and 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 Carl was like, Well, you need to perfect those two pitches. You know, he was like, perfect those two pitches and then we'll work from there. Well, since he's become a starter in the second half now, he's perfected like five pitches, man. Like he's he's throwing a cutter now that's really good. The changeup was filthy last night, and he's got a fuck you attitude that I that I love. And you know what? When you look at the Indians rotation. Shane Bieber, a really good guy, but he loves to compete. Nice guy, though. Um, Aaron Savali, great competitor. Very nice guy. Zach Plesak, great athlete. Very nice guy. Tristan McKenzie, the nicest kid I've met in 30 years. I want an asshole somewhere in that rotation, and now we got it. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was, that was, that was, was really fun. That was really fun to watch, and I agree with you. You could see early on, and he did a do. He did do a really nice job in the pen in that role, yeah. And almost to the point where I wanted to keep him there, but when mm-hmm. when when duty called, he really stepped up, which has been incredible to watch. So I, I'm so psyched for that rotation for 2022. I know, so I know, which should be great. So well, while and, we well, got, yeah, let me ask you one more thing: Can we? So we got to get a bullpen arm too, and bullpen. But I hate Maybe getting two. bullpen arms of free agent. Speaking of bullpen arms, we do need that. And normally, you know, the Indians are so good at unearthing. Like they always find like when they got Otero and then he was here for four years or 
Manship or right. Atchison had that one good year. Matt Albers had that one good year. It's always like one guy. This year, Blake Parker. They'll 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 find something. Right. Or Shaw. You could even say Shaw this year. They'll find well, something. It'll be but, it'll uh, be interesting to see what happens to Shaw in uh, free agency. He'll he'll be back. He'll be back. He <laughs> yeah, Matt Matt's been saying he'll be back. No what, even if T- it's for T- free, he will come Tito's, back. Tito's Tito's not coming back without his boy, and I'm and I'm fine with yeah. it. Yeah, I think Matt's right. But, and I got yep. some, but I got to bite my lip. I can. I'll text you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the 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 other the other thing is, uh, and and as I loathe to talk about him, as you both know, they got to get ninety nine right if he could ever be right again. And by the way, Andre, my fantasy team, we have this fantasy yeah. football league that is our our family. So it's it's Matt's kids, my Ooh, kids. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> That's and, awesome. Uh, and, 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 uh, and our executive producer, Jeremy and his kids. So, um, my team name is 99's got no class A. (laughs) 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 So feel free to Uh, use that one. All right. It's better than what I thought you were going to say. I'll just say this wink, wink. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of crazy that they've sent him down to Columbus and he hasn't pitched in a game yet. Yeah, I saw that. Well, you know what? They're they're obviously working on tinkering his his stuff, and they don't want to right. put him out there. Exactly. Uh, uh, but it's the, interesting. It's interesting because it it's like, and he has thrown a lot of innings, whatever else. But it's like, okay, you're not gonna put him in the game yet. Maybe right. maybe he's maybe he's at right aid getting the shot. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I doubt that. Ah, where's the mute button? <laughs> I seriously. <laughs> 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 okay oh, so on that shit. note let's right, final thing, to, final let's flip let's 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 uh let's flip <laughs> over to your podcast brownstown uh three episodes have come out i've listened to all three it's really really well done and for those people i know that you get brown's negativity fatigue from hearing about how horrible we've been for so long but i think to understand where we've gotten you really need where we are now you really need to know where we came from and how this all happened. And for people of the generation, you know, we're, you know, you're in your forties, we're in our forties. We right. grew up where the Browns were. And, and you said this in, I can't remember if it was the first or second episode. We grew up, they were awesome. I mean, 80, yes. 86, 87, 89, they made three AFC championship games. Uh, you know, they just got lost to John Elway three times. And we just kind of took right. for granted as kids, how great they'd be. And now we have an entire Bingo. generation of fans that have no idea how they yeah. look good. So what what made and, you want uh, to do this podcast? You've just you're working through it a little. I mean, I want to do something. Period. I just want to do something related to Browns because just to the fandom, to why the town's this way. I work around a lot of people with the Indians that aren't from here that that, that are perplexed at times by no matter how good they do things, the Browns are always number one. Um, and, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. Same with the Cavs. When I was over at the Cavs, you got you guys are Northeast Ohio. You know how it is. Like we love baseball, and but and I love football too. And, and it is frustrating at times. And finally, it hit me. I don't think enough of us kind of understand our history. Like you know, when I would get like when 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 jackasses would be mad at me because I would challenge that Johnny Manziel wasn't prepared, ready, or knew what he was doing. And that's easy to say now. But, you know, when he would show up to a Cavs game on a Wednesday night, Tuesday night, and he's hammered, and you're like, that's our starting quarterback, and you assholes <laughs> cheering? It, like, it made me realize we have this disconnect like no other, like, you know, generationally. Like, you're right. We Like, I grew up in the 80s, and I expected to see football until January 30th. Like, you know, like, that was normal. 
And then, you, so we have generations that don't know. And the generations that came before us, obviously, you know, if they're, if you're our grandparents, they got to see autogram. I just wanted to give a connection Todd. like, seriously, I wanted a connection for not only us here, but I got enough friends and you guys do too. I got enough friends around the country that just don't get Browns fans. So I'm trying to give us a history of why we are the way we are. Andre, we uh, now, uh, I, well, go ahead, Maddie. No, ahead. no, no. I just I want to I want to give them a plug on everybody where they can find it. Uh, you can go to any anywhere you get podcasts, Apple, whatever else. Put in Brownstown. Blue Wire is uh, produced and put yeah uh, a lot of money into it. Yeah, Blue That's Wire good. Pods is done. They they're coming on. They've done a nice job. So I'm glad you're uh, glad you're with them. Go ahead, Todd. I I had a couple more questions. So I, I know in the first couple episodes you reached out to you had Chris Rose and uh, Andrew Siciliano. Yeah. On. Um, so Matt and I, you know, Matt went to college with with uh, right. Andrew and has known him for a long time. And our families grew up with the roses. So we've known Chris yeah. for a long time, too. Um, they have. They I didn't do that on reason. purpose, but I did find that out in talking to both of them, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a u- unique, they have. But they do have a unique perspective. One of my favorite conversations you had was about the old stadium and just how how disgusting it was. Um, <laughs> I, 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 and I think a, a, the, the younger generation really needs to understand just yes. how bad it was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it, 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 and trust me, I did not start off the podcast to do that, but we did in it. Like we did over 30 interviews guys and you guys know what, like, and, and, and as we were piecing together and my, my producer and, and co-writer, He's a kid that's 26 years old. He graduated from Northwestern. He's from Canada. So he had to do a lot of research on Browns football. So like the second interview we do was with Mike Polk. And Mike may have taken the time to get prepared with a couple beverages. And Harry, my he had no idea what he was walking into. And like, and I just was, I was just talking to Polk and Polk was doing a standup and he started talking about nuts to butts and, and, and going to the old stadium and how, <laughs> what it was like and what it smelled like. And my, and Harry looks at me afterwards. He goes, Holy shit. He goes, we got something, but I don't know what we have. And that's when it hit me. I was like, yeah, we got to talk about the stadium. And then when you get Chris Rose talking about it and Siciliano and, and we've got other people that we're kind of talking like oh, that's great. old players and how and, and, and here's my thing. I, one of the things that pissed me off the most, I still love going to the Oakland Coliseum. It is a dump. It is the biggest dump, but I got to tell you guys something. I'm kind of in love with it because it's my last foothold to Cleveland Brown stadium for me. Seriously. Yeah, I get it. And that's weird to say, but I walk around there. The, the carpet sticks to the floor still. You're like, it's disgusting, <laughs> but it's what I remember going to as a kid. That was the first stadium I had. For everything. Yep. Yep. I mean, not now, now you get the ballpark and then you get the football stadium and, and you didn't have the dual, the multi-purpose where, right. you know, in September when the tribe was playing and you saw the 40 and 30 yard lines, you know, right. in, in chalk that they kind of tried to erase in the outfield. And it, it was dumpy, <laughs> but it was our dumpy spot. So mm-hmm. Andre, right. man, it was a, uh, it was a pleasure. We'll go to, uh, everybody needs to go to Brownstown on uh, all podcast uh, platforms and find you, but keep up the great work, man. Thanks, and, we love watching you, and uh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you guys. The other thing I wanted to say about Brownstown is that there's a lot of people out there that are talented uh, in this game. Um, and I know writing's not looked at the same. I know podcasting has become something. I just, in all honesty, in a corny way, I grew up on Terry Pluto like you guys did, Joe Tate like you guys did. I just wanted another format and another way to tell stories because um, local radio drives me crazy sometimes, as you guys both know. <laughs> I mean, because we we play down to the we play down to the easiest. You guys know this. Hey, what do you guys think the backup quarterback should be? 
there's more depth to sports talk. And I just wanted to give us some more depth to sports talk. So I hope that does it um, with Brownstown. Um, and hopefully we can continue doing stuff like this. I hope it's a new genre, a way to kind of tell stories in sports. But thank you guys for your time. It was great. Thanks, Andre. Great to talk to you as always. All right, Thanks, buddy. Boys. Andre not with us uh, on the Dairy Brothers Tribecast special Friday edition. Tribe and Brewers this weekend. Check out Andre on Valley Sports uh, Ohio, of course, or Great Lakes, whatever they call it. Is it is it BSO? What, 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 I don't even know the name. I hey, just know the I, let me let me let me Matt. I'm gonna make sure I, my, let me make sure my check came through today. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Todd, I'll see you Watch him tonight, everybody, and we'll talk Later, to you next week. Boys. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.